0: Welcome to the Crazy Confidence Podcast where I'm going to help you explore areas where you can be more confident in your body and business and motherhood and friendships. We're going to talk about it all. I'm ready for you to stop falling asleep to your life and start living the life we're called to live with confidence. I'm your host, Nikki Wilson. Let's get to the show.
1: Yeah, I love it.
0: Y'all, I am so pumped today to get to talk to my good friend, Ashley Pardo. We actually met in a mastermind, which is so funny that I feel like so many of the people I interview, I know some way, shape or form through the interwebs. Yes. So, I mean, I always say there are really dark things about the internet, but there are also like super positive things. And Ashley is one. I feel like we're kind of kindred sisters in a lot of ways. We're a little bit bougie, so. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, a girl. Yeah. Like, <laughs> her nails, they're always yeah. Oh, yeah. She's always dressed. You know, <laughs> and, and I always, people ask me sometimes, like, And I look like a crazy person right now because I I had to time my facial with my hair. Ashley, do you know what I'm saying? Uh And I'm like, oh, yes. I'm getting a facial tomorrow, so I'm not going to wash my hair today. No no point. Eight days, it's fine. Yes. Um, It looks good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. But sometimes you're someone who likes to get dressed up and cool. Like that gives me confidence when I'm dressed up. Not to say when Mm -hmm. I'm not dressed up, I don't have confidence because I do. Yes. Yes. Uh, But, girl, you know, I can go without makeup. And wear sweats and all the things. But my nails...
1: Non-negotiable.
0: Non-negotiable.
1: Non-negotiable. It will be done.
0: On, I'm yeah, obsessed. No, I'm like, ooh. Yeah. And I'm getting excited about mine because I have an appointment with um, my nail lady on next Friday. I'm so happy. Oh, nice. I'm real funky. But like nails are non-negotiable. So I, I mean, I think even that just... I laugh because when I look at her nails, I'm like, but flash me what you've got going on right now. And it's like, I know, show me
1: the nails. I know. Glitter
0: on the cuticle. Is that what it, it's like? It's,
1: it's a gold. It's like a gold cuff. Yeah. On the it, cuticle.
0: It Next level.
1: It was it my Christmas. Level. It was my Christmas nail. You yeah, know what I mean?
0: Next level. With the green.
1: Good.
0: I'm yes. So Ashley, I really feel like she's like, she's, She's lived in Florida for a while. She now lives in Portland, which, well, that's another show we'll have to talk about. But yeah. <laughs> I think the difference from like, wow, Miami.
1: Oh, yes. To, to Portland. Oh, yeah. And I was just reminded. I was just reminded because I was just home for two weeks and just kind of used to the people there. And then coming back here, I was like, oh, it's different. You know?
0: Like, <laughs> it's I, a I big honestly, difference. I honestly can't think of a more dichotomous just the way people present themselves.
1: Oh, yeah, totally. Not what? only in like, not only, it, to me, it's almost like mystical because not only are they like opposite ends, but the Miami area code is 305, Portland is 503. <laughs> I realized later, I was like, what? <laughs> this yeah. is like a divine something. Yeah. And it's just opposite climate, opposite landscape, people. So, you know, we can talk a little more about that, but growing That's up in a place adjusting. like my was interesting. Yeah. You know? Okay. We will have Especially to. Especially when about it about comes that. to confidence and how you carry yourself and yeah. all of that, you know, for and people who maybe relate to that.
0: You know what? I feel like, and I think I talked to you about this when we were at Deanna's retreat, but going to Portland, I always feel so much freer of like, because you know, I'm an Enneagram three, so it's all yes. about... Even though I feel like I moved so far into health, but still, it is a little bit about like how you present to the world. Yes. I just feel like I can go there, be makeup free, hair in a bun bun, wear hiking boots, and like I'm a 10, no matter yeah. what.
1: Oh, yeah. I'm a model. <laughs> My husband and I are, are models here. You know what I mean? Again, I nothing wrong with it, but it's like, it's just, I think the priorities and, um, sort of like the accept, like the general acceptance, yeah. you know what I mean? the non-judgment. Yeah. I personally love it. You yes. know, like, I feel like I can just like be myself.
0: Yes, totally. And that, that is, I mean, yeah, I love Texas, but it definitely I feel like there is, and I know Miami too, like there is this expectation of women to look yes. a certain way. And there just is like, I live in a smaller town. I live in Waco, which is, you know, a little easier to manage, but I feel like if I drive to Dallas, which is north of Waco, it's like a you know, big city. It's very flashy. It is like the Enneagram Three capital. I feel like mm-hmm. everybody kind of like Miami. Yes. I feel it on me when oh, I. Yeah. I know it's really weird. There's like I don't like to go there, and not that I mean people live there. Probably even in my membership. Like no dissing on Dallas, but it is something that I, I've had like struggled to like get off of me. And I feel like, Ooh, I got yes. some Alice on me here. You know what I mean?
1: Exactly. Um, exactly.
0: I, like I need to like, go by and put on more makeup and blah, blah, yes. blah. you know, like yep. plastic surgery, like all the things come at me. And so I'm like, this is interesting that it, that it affects me this way. I got to work through this. So yeah.
1: It'll pull you in Portland, you know, it'll pull you in. Yeah. You got to come to Portland.
0: Escape to like Portland or somewhere, Washington where things I are know. a little crunchier. And I like I know. I like crunchy too. Anyway, yeah. I've already gone up on a tab- tangent, but I love it. I want you guys to to know um, Ashley has a really precious story. Just I feel like it resonates with the everyday woman who has had an eat not the everyday woman who's had an eating disorder, but just like a disordered relationship behavior with food yes. and how it's tricky. It's not yeah. just Like, oh, it was this thing. I was hospitalized and, you know, I had, I was in a treatment center, which is what a lot of people think, but Ashley like a really interesting, um, story. And I I love how it sheds light. I'm like, Hey, this is like stuff that people are going through all the time everywhere. And it's kind of silent. Like it
1: is, you know, and and as you know, that was my story, you know, that it was a silent, Thing that I kept hidden for a long time. Yes, you know? yes. So I, sad looking yeah, back, You yeah. know, but it, but it makes sense as to why, and we'll get into that. Yeah, too. we'll get into it. So,
0: Ashley, tell me a little bit about like your the the history of the, your relationship with your body. Like, well,
1: so, growing up. So, I don't think that I inhabited my body, or like fully inhabited my body the way that I do today. Which today I really like, I've done a lot of work around just having body awareness, body trust, knowing the signals that my body gives me in order, you know, to be like, should I have some sugar? Should I have some vegetables or whatever it is? I don't think I had that until my teens at all. Mm -hmm. And when I was growing up, my body was just like, okay, this is the thing I live in. And I don't care what happens to it. Like there was no, I needed to survive with food in a way that I could have cared less what happened to my body because eating in the way that I did and having the behaviors around food were a survival mechanism where like the body was just like an afterthought. Like what's going to happen? The consequences are going to happen, but like, I don't care because I'm surviving right now Mm -hmm. with the way that I'm thinking and behaving around food. So I don't think I had any body awareness in terms of like how I felt in my body, but I did struggle with how my body looked as a result of the behaviors that I put through.
0: Yeah. Talk about it. Talk about that struggle.
1: Yeah. So if I go back to just from the beginning, I grew up in a house that, um, you know, very loving home and very, um, I had a great life and an amazing childhood, but at the same time. I don't think that parents, and thankfully now more parents, like there's more education for parents around like, Hey, how to talk to your kids around food, how to help them have a healthy relationship with food. For me, from the time that I was really, really young, um, I was told that like, you can't have this, you can't have that. Your body has to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, basically my parents controlled all of the food at all times, you know? So I wouldn't be able to like choose to have sugar or to choose to have this. I would also be, you know, my mom would tell me like, okay, you can stop eating now. um, Mm -hmm. If we're at at a, like, you know, you're full, you're good. I'm like, but wait, I'm hungry. You know? Don't don't take that plate. Yeah, don't take that. You know, but my mom grew up as a ballerina. (laughs) She was a ballerina in Central America. So she had that sort of mentality of like, you need to be thin in order to be a worthy person. So. I think she saw me come out of her belly and she, and as I started growing up, she's like, oh my gosh, she's curvy. She's going to have an athletic figure. So I think that her restricting my food and really controlling the food around our house mm-hmm. was her attempt of being like, again, good intentions. Like I want her to be in a better, quote unquote, better body, a thinner body so that she has a better life and she's more successful because that's the way that, that people thought back then. And and still to this day, that's still apparent, you know. Yeah,
0: you know, and I think it's interesting. Like it's such a complicated thing. And when I go and I do like speaking at schools, which I don't, it's not like a regular thing, but people will ask me to come to high schools and stuff. And I always ask moms to come. I'm like, great, can you please plug it to where? the moms are coming as as much as possible because so much of it, it is just a concept a misconception that moms have and and I know you have a great relationship with your mom yes as we as as a lot of us did or do it is just this it's almost the protection mechanism for them where they're like well I don't want you to struggle
1: exactly and, and that's why I say it comes from a good place.
0: It does. I don't want you to struggle, meaning to them, like she knew probably being a ballerina, like the struggle herself. And it's yes. like, Oh no, like now, you know, you can't be a ballerina if you have this body and you can't find love. A man won't love you. I mean, I can't tell exactly. you how many times I talked to girls in college who are yes. beautiful women of all sizes who, who their moms have said, I don't think a man's going to like you if you're not quote unquote taking care of yourself.
1: Oh yeah. Maybe, yeah, exactly. You're not super skinny. <laughs> yeah. And and therefore you're not worthy to have right. love. You know, it's just really, you know, and again, I, I do have an amazing relationship with my mom. Now we have worked through everything that we've gone through, but at the same time, I can't deny what sort of colored my yes body you you know from the beginning um so i was basically like just restricted at all times my food was always monitored i could never say hey i want that at the grocery store so what happens as a result we all know it's almost a fourth law of physics that when we're restricted we binge yes so binging to me became the secret behavior that i would do Mm -hmm. because first Mm -hmm. of all i was starving and hungry um Second of all, I couldn't have any, all of these foods were forbidden. So it's like, I can never have it. So if there's ever a chance that like my mom's not there, I'm at a friend's house. Thankfully, my grandmother saw how my mom was with my food. So whenever I would go to her house, she's like, eat, <laughs> just like, here's all this food. You you know? um, so, she would, so she would sort of like, she noticed what was happening, um, but I would always overeat. And I think from a young age, I realized like, again, I would binge because I was hungry and it was psychological and physiological um, because it was like, you know, this is the last supper. Who knows when I'm going to get this food again? Who knows when I'm going to be able to eat the sugar? Might as well eat it all now to the point, like, again, zero body awareness. The only way I know to stop eating is if I'm sick. And that's when I learned to start Mm -hmm. purging as a result of that. Mm -hmm. not knowing what I was doing, just like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable. Now I have to do something about it. And how old were you when you started purging? Probably 10. Wow. Probably for me, it wasn't like a daily thing.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, It would maybe happen a couple times a year or I don't know, maybe once a month or something, Mm -hmm. but I would go through on and off periods Mm -hmm. until I was probably like 16 or so. Okay. Um, and it would always be in secret. Okay. And it would always, um, again, be a result of like me going, started going nuts with food and then doing that as an attempt to just feel better and feel a little bit more normal. Um, mm-hmm. and it was something that, you know, like we talked about at the beginning that I kept secret for, like, I didn't tell anybody ever because I always, I also come from like this family that's like perfect on the outside. So it's like, you can't speak up. You can't say that you have, that you're not perfect, you know? So I didn't feel like I had a voice in that sense where I could say, Hey, I'm struggling or like, Hey, I'm feeling like really nuts right now where I'm doing these behaviors that like really aren't healthy at all. Um, and those behaviors ended for me. Like once I, you know, I went through high school and everything, and then I went to college. And once I went to college, I had free reign to buy whatever I wanted, eat whatever I wanted, and in my freshman year of college, I gained like forty-five pounds. Yeah, and because again, natural response—you spend your whole life tightly wound. If you have full reign to eat whatever, it's like, well, this is my life now. Like where I just eat like like crap all day, and I don't feel well. But to me, it wasn't again, no attention on the body. It was just like I got to do what I got to do right now in order to feel good in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I ended up. Yo-yoing throughout college, I didn't really struggle with the eating disordered behaviors because I moved all of my like stuff to alcohol. Um, so I would like binge drink a lot. So I didn't really struggle with food then at all. Um, and I ended up losing weight through like Weight Watchers, traditional diets. I still yeah. yo-yoed up and down, mm-hmm. probably until the probably until I was like twenty-five or so. Mm-hmm. And then when I was twenty-five, um, I went to grad school ironically for food, uh, because it's always been this thing for me that like, I love it. And um, it means a lot to me. And there's so much nostalgia there, especially with my grandmother. That's a big, big part of my story. But at the same time, like I have to eat and I have to feed myself. So I might as well learn to make these foods that are going to make me feel good in a way that is um, sustainable in a way that feels really good and is delicious. So once I realized once I had that shift, then I was like, oh, I can really make a career around this where I can help people both through their stories that are similar to mine, but then also practically help them prepare food and like their food because not negotiable to like what you eat. You know what I mean? Uh, Um, especially for a good relationship with food and not being obsessed with food. Um, but it wasn't until I was about 25 or 26 that I read Women, Food, and God by Janine Ross, which is one of my favorite, like that book completely changed my life when I realized Oh wow, my struggles with food. For me, it was always like, oh, I'm struggling because like the food is just so good. And the chocolate cake is just too delicious. That like it's yeah. it's its fault that it's so good. Like I'm just enjoying it, you know?
0: <laughs> I'm just um, here for the ride, chocolate cake. I'm
1: just here for the ride. Like take me on your ride. Um, <laughs> you know, so I always blamed the food. Like, yeah. oh, my issue, it's because of the food. It's because You know, it's like, because I don't know, I can't tell when I'm full or whatever. But Mm -hmm. that book made me realize that my struggles with food had nothing to do with food. And that was a huge mic drop moment in my life. I remember it exactly. I even remember like where I would sit in my apartment in Boston when I was in grad school, reading that book, just having revelation after revelation. And that's when I started to put into practice all the things that now, you know, nine years later have allowed me to have actually like a super free and awesome and very relaxed relationship with food and my body, which I never thought that I would have, like yeah. ever, ever, ever.
0: Yeah. Can I, can I ask you a question about like, cause I always, I mean, it's never about the food. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people feel like you do where it's just like, listen, yeah. it's not me. Yeah. a problem. Yeah, it's so good. Talk to somebody. Talk to the chocolate cake. They need counseling. Yeah. It needs counseling. Like I me. you know, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> like why would something exist so delicious? Yes. Um, but I think a lot of people feel that way. Like, oh, you know, I, I hear it all the time. Just, I, I, I can't, I can't trust myself around whatever. I can't. I just need this one, you know, diet to, uh, because I really just can't do anything on my own in around food. Mm-hmm. Okay, the restrictions. So what do you think then? Because I think we all who come to like food freedom have that epiphany of like, Oh, hold on. This is like, not about food. Yes. This is not about exercise or over exercising or whatever. You know, this is about something in me. So mm-hmm. what was it for you? Like, what was the big, like, aha. Okay.
1: Yeah. For me, it was my inability to use my voice okay. specifically. And my inability to say, this is how I feel, Mm. this is what I want, and this is what I deserve. You know, because if you, to me, those are like the three things that it Mm. all comes down to. Everyone is going to have their own story. But I want to validate how easy it is to blame food rather than looking inside and seeing like, what's going on with me? Yes. That, you know what I mean? It's so much easier to spend years and years and years and being like yes. putting, you know, and it doesn't matter if it's like food, if it's shopping, if it's like, you know, you're scrolling too much on the internet. It's so much easier to blame those things than to look inside and do the work because everything that we're talking about here, and I know you talk about this a lot too, like it's not easy to get out of it. Yeah. You know, it, it requires a lot of work, a lot of awareness and a lot of time and patience. Yes. Um, so for me, it was those, Things like I had a true inability, like, I literally did not know how to say, This is how I feel, and this is what I need from you, Mm -hmm. even to myself, you know. Mm -hmm. So, like, I really didn't know how to, like, I taking care of myself was not even a thought in my brain at all. So, once I learned that I was like worthy enough, because then. That worth then turned into like me, all of those years of me being obsessed with like having a certain body type. And if I was overweight or carried too much extra, like for my specific frame to the point that I didn't feel comfortable, um, then I would obviously be really, really uncomfortable, but I didn't realize that any of those things had to do with all these things that I'm talking about right now, you know? Yes, yes.
0: And I think it's interesting, just even like going back to childhood, like you even mentioned, like for your family, showing any kind of weakness, yes, and being not perfect, yes, just wasn't an option, you know. Yeah, and, exactly. And like for me, I think, um, and I and I think it all goes to control, right? Like what you yes, yes, like yes, food in your body, or or binging or whatever. Like for me, it was always, um, my family was. My parents were always in turmoil, so mm. I couldn't rock the boat because they yeah. had too much. They, they yes. were at their breaking point at every moment of every day. So for me, it was always about like, like what, can my, what can I appear to be like? How can I be more perfect in grades, in school, and behavior, and yes. whatever, to just not rock the boat?
1: Yeah, exactly. You know, until
0: I get out and like get to be free. You know, but so I think it all goes back to like a framework in our childhood. Not to blame it. Yes. Exactly. I know as, as a mom now, I'm like, well crap, my kids are gonna have yeah, to for blame. <laughs>
1: yeah, I know, I know, right? It and I already see what school. they
0: are. That's the funny yeah, yeah. part. Like I'm I'm so aware. But I'm still, like, uh, so aware, but so aware also of, like, oh, I can't really, like, change the way you're perceiving my behavior for yourself.
1: Exactly. You know what I mean? Yes, totally. I don't
0: ever want it to be, like, it's a parent blame game. You know, never that. No. But but I think it's, it's interesting that that book was, like, the aha moment. Like, okay. Yes. I have to take responsibility. Of- well,
1: exactly. Cause like we all go through stuff and I really do believe like I'm a big believer in giving people the benefit of the doubt mm-hmm. and realizing that like every parent out there probably did their best. Yes. You know, like it's hard to be a parent now. My mom and I have had so many conversations around like, wait, what happened that like you didn't have the space to mm-hmm. sort of take care of my emotions because I'm an Enneagram four, you know, I've got them. Oh, you, you know got- what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's, I've been this way since I was little and my mom is not like that. So I don't think that, you know, she ran the house, she worked full time. My father was on international business trips all the time. So she just didn't have the bandwidth, you know, she was just trying to like help my sister and I survive and like get fed and stuff um, while she was exhausted as most moms are. But I didn't, I thought that, you know, again, like you would, that I couldn't rock the boat that in order for me to be worthy, this is what things had to look like. And then when I read that book, it was like, no, you're actually worthy at whatever size you are. Yeah. And because I think with the food and the body stuff, like we do all of these things, of course, to control, mm-hmm. but we also do it to strive to like be this perfect image in this perfect picture because we're always searching for like, okay, I got to lose the next five pounds or like then then I got to do this diet or like maybe I can do keto and like that'll fix stuff. Um, you you know, which is, which is so common, you know, like,
0: you know, rant this week.
1: I know. (laughs) I know. I got the feels too.
0: I'm always rapidly to the keto.
1: I know. (laughs) I know. So it's like, we're always searching, like, you know, okay, I'm going to be like, once I get there and once I do this thing and this protocol, no matter how hard it is, if I strive hard enough, Mm -hmm. then I'm going to be worthy. Then I'll finally have arrived. (sighs) Whereas that book made me realize, no, you are worthy and you've been worthy all along. Yeah. And that to me was just something that nobody had ever told me. And honestly, I had no idea that that was even a thing. Um, and do you think
0: too, Ashley, like even just to hear like, okay, you're worthy just as you are, like you can hear that 150 times or more, you know? Yes. But there is work that has to be done to like hear that, believe it. No, it's like, "Mm." yes, yes, like experience it because we are fighting against the grain that we're worthy as we are in a culture that says, yeah, maybe, but like, and just lose 15 pounds and think about like how that'll change your life, you know, like
1: exactly, you know. So,
0: I do want everybody to just hear like. I think Ashley said it, it, it is a freaking lot of work to like hear you're worthy and then understand that that also means deprogramming your brain. Yes. And, and once
1: I heard it, it wasn't like, okay, now I'm worthy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like that, I wish, like, yes. like, how, like if we, if we could come up with that, like, let's do, let's like make a business idea out of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, but once that seed was planted, I was like, Oh, this is possible. And this is how I'm supposed to feel everything that I've strived for. And, you know, hurt myself for over many, many, many years, Mm -hmm. like wasn't for any, like, it wasn't, I already had what I needed. So once that seed was planted, then it was about like, okay, now I need to do the work to treat myself in a way That I'm going to be worthy and kind and loving to myself. So, like all these behaviors that I used to do with food—binging, eating too much, making myself feel gross and uncomfortable—Nikki, I can't even tell you how many times throughout my life that behavior wasn't a thing that I had to willpower away, which is what I had been used to. Like, oh, if I just like am disciplined enough and I am stringent enough and I have enough this perfect dietary protocol, then I'm not going to want to binge. And it's a motivation and willpower thing, which we know are short-lived. It's not even a thing of mm-hmm. discipline most of the time, I think. I think, of course, I do think discipline, it should be involved with food sometimes, or at least a certain, like some sort of structure. Yeah. Um, but I think when we move away from those behaviors when it comes to food, it's like, no, I care about myself too much and I, and I want to be kind to myself. So these behaviors that I used to do with food just like aren't appealing anymore totally not attractive. Totally. So it's not this like push pull. It's like, I'm starting here and I'm listening to the awareness of my body. And like, it actually doesn't feel great to eat a whole cake.
0: And that's what I, I yeah. And, and again, I know we fight a very unsexy battle of like, Hey, maybe just listen to your body. Like yes. try eating yes. cake all day, every day for four days. And like, yes. You're probably gonna be They don't feel great. You don't feel so good. You know. know And so I think when people are like, Oh, you just cause I I get a lot of criticism from people like, Yeah, but you let women let themselves go. And I'm like, No, really, for me it's just about them hearing what their body has to say that yes. that nobody else is like really willing to teach
1: people. Exactly.
0: And it isn't willpower. I mean, that'll last you a short amount of time, you know, mm-hmm. and it's not about like, let me just learn something so rigid
1: and exactly. I'm
0: just learning, you know, it's about like really stop slowing down. And, and to be quite honest, a lot of times you're really falling off and messing up and overeating and maybe even binging again. Like I'm like yeah. the journey to food freedom is like long. And the more you struggle, the more undoing you have to yes.
1: do. And it is not linear. It's, not linear. it's So a- like, I feel like that's, and I feel like so many women are scared out there to even start because they love the control of a diet. And then, yep. you know, they go from like, you know, they think they have to go from like that control to just like no holds barred indulgence, you know, which is maybe where you go uh, at the beginning and you eat the chocolate cake all day. And then you realize like, oh, this thing that I've been fantasizing about for months or, you know, that I've been fantasizing about as I've been on my keto diet actually doesn't make me feel great, you know? So I think learning that and learning that, like, if you've struggled for decades, then this isn't going to go away in a week. And the way that it goes is that it you're going to fail a million times. Like I want everybody to hear that, that Mm -hmm. you will have times where you mess up, quote unquote mess up, where you overeat, where you binge. But I encourage everybody out there, instead of coming at yourself with punishment and making yourself wrong and terrible and bad, if you don't feel like you can love yourself, because I feel like a lot of people are like, just love yourself. And if you love yourself, then you know then you won't want to do those behaviors like that sounds great but that's not where everybody starts yeah. but i encourage people to just get curious yeah like what made me binge did i not eat enough today am i restricting too much did i not have enough protein did i have sugar for lunch and then like i'm starving mm-hmm. uh, 20 minutes later get curious about and and educate yourself a little bit about food's effects in the body yeah not like in a in a strict way or whatever but like it is real that Veggies make you feel full and so does protein and healthy fats and some starches and stuff. So, you know, get curious about your behaviors and then learn from them. Because I do think that in in all of the clients that I coach, they mess up a lot throughout the journey, but it's through those mess ups and it's through trying all of these different things. Oh, maybe it's going to be the keto. Maybe it's going to be me not not eating sugar, which I don't think it should be the case for anybody out there you know, those are the things that are going to fix me. Whereas you learn through doing those things like, oh, this isn't, doesn't feel good for me. It's not going to be sustainable there. And I learned from that, that's like another check mark that I ticked off. Like, okay, now I learned that thing. And then you getting to a place of food freedom, isn't going to feel like striving, you know, because you take all of these behaviors and you consistently practice them over and over after learning. Yeah. And then you're just kind of living your life and you just kind of wake up and you're like, maybe I feel a little free today, you know? Yeah. So it's not a journey of striving. You have to let go of the outcome. You have to let go of a timeline. And you just have to be open to it taking however long it's going to take. Because like, how many time, how many years have you spent on a diet and berating your body and, and not liking yourself? For me, it was decades, you know, from 10 to 25. Um, maybe even younger than that. Yeah. Um, but... You know, I think that like you can always go back to dieting if you want to, like if if you feel like you, like this isn't for you, but I do think that we should dedicate a period of time into learning this. And a lot of people are scared of maybe gaining weight or something, but I'm like, what are 10 pounds, 15 pounds in exchange for your freedom and in exchange for you feeling healthy in your mind? Yeah. Um, and learning those behaviors to treat yourself with eventually kindness and love. Yeah. Um, it's just really worth it. But I, I want to validate the fact that it is hard and, and it, it is not a linear process, which I know scares a lot of people process. away. Not a yes. linear process. <laughs>
0: nope. Lord have mercy. Um, okay. I want to talk to you about like how you feel about your body now. Like mm-hmm. I think it's real important for everybody to understand Anytime I'm talking to anybody really like you can have good body days, bad body days, even when you're free and like feeling it and confident and everything. Like how do you, how do you feel about your body now feeling free? Like, you know, you're free from food. You have the food freedom thing going on. Like, like what is your pulse on your body now?
1: You know, to me, the body is a way that I can experience life, Mm -hmm. you know? So like you and I, do almost the exact same things, Mm -hmm. you know, we coach women in in body and business. Mm -hmm. And that requires to me, a certain amount of like clarity and focus Mm -hmm. and feeling good and light in my body. Yep. Just feeling like I can fulfill my purpose. That's like my deeper mission, you know? But how I feel physically in my body now is sexy and confident. Amen. Amen. Sexy, confident, free. And you and I could talk about sex too, but that has been another vehicle and we have before, um, you know, but that has been a vehicle for me to just open up and sort of allow myself to be free in that sense. But to me, the way I feed myself and the way that I, the way that I move my body, I'm a big fan of strength training like you and, and having muscle and all of that. I needed to figure out like what are the core desired feelings that I want to feel every day in my body, Mm -hmm. you know? So like I like feeling alive and sexy and confident and Mm -hmm. bold Mm -hmm. and robust. Okay. Then, you know, I always go back to like practicality. What are the things that I then need to do in order to feel that way, Uh, that way most of the time?
0: Yeah. So So That's different for everyone. Yeah. It's really varying for everyone. Um, I actually had, This is a really weird, interesting conversation. Like, um, I guess one of the nurse practitioners in town, she follows me on Instagram, and she was really legit dead serious. Was like, hey, like, how does your husband feel about you, like, putting your belly? Oh my God. And it was almost kind of like, I mean, I knew where she was going. But yeah. I was like, tell me more about what you mean by that. Like, I was trying yeah, 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 exactly. to get yeah. her into this thing where yes. about her question was really about her, not about my belly. But it was kind of like, it was basically she was kind of asking, like, is that like kind of revolting to
1: him? Mm, oh my God. You
0: know what yes, I mean? I'm yes, like, yes. You're like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. but it ain't revolting to me. So I'm going yeah, yeah. to it. You yeah, exactly. I mean? And so, you know, I, I think it's, it's, uh, having confidence and feeling sexy is definitely varies from person to person. But what do you yes. think like if you're, what are some things you do or maybe you don't do, maybe it's just a mindset that you keep in mind, like to feel that way, to feel confident and sexy. Um, cause you know, there are days I feel like a potato. Yeah. Oh yes. And I just gotta put my cute panties on and and run with it.
1: It, Exactly. Exactly. But for me Yeah. (laughs) For me, I definitely have days every single month, definitely around my period where like I look pregnant. And I I think an important thing for people to realize as they're going through this is that when those things happen, to not make it mean anything. Yeah you know there's going to be days where you go out to dinner and you just have so much fun and like you eat a ton of food and maybe you don't feel awesome after you eat that but like you weren't feeding your body then you were feeding your mind and your soul yes. and the togetherness with other people yeah you know? yeah and sometimes the body can you know can handle that like it's fine so i think that whenever that happens like if i feel bloated from my period or if i eat too much or like last night like i didn't feel like Like I had sort of like a half-assed dinner and then I just ate a big bowl of pistachios and then I didn't feel awesome. I'm like, I probably shouldn't eat like 40 pistachios like right before I go to bed, (laughs) you know, but I was just kind of like, um, I'm hungry and this is my life right now. I think the most important thing is just like, don't make it mean anything. Just keep going. And I think an important key too is that through the actions that we take, for me, it is eating regularly. Like and eating foods that I love, like, you know, my history that I was on paleo and Whole30 obsessed for years. Yeah. Um, now that I've reincorporated foods in the last several years, you know, I eat yogurt, granola, mm-hmm. oatmeal, sugars, chocolate, ice cream, like whatever it is that I want that, that works for me. I need to make sure that I love it, but it also makes me feel good in my brain and my body. So for me, that's lots of protein, vegetables, starches, fruits chocolate, whatever it is. Um, And for me, strength training is a huge, huge part of feeling confident and -hmm. loving in my body. Because that to me is sort of a discomfort lab where I can practice Mm -hmm. feeling uncomfortable physically for a short period of time, which then translates into me feeling stronger in my everyday life.
0: It really is like, I'm not plugging any, I mean, in crazy confidence side, we don't really people work out, but it's not like based on me or like me telling them to, but I yeah. will say for all my members listening, like there is something to like lift slinging some heavy stuff. Oh, yeah. you know? And girl, listen, like heavy to you could be a 12 pound dumbbell. It,
1: exactly. I, if heavy
0: to you a heavy to you, you know what I mean? But yeah, like, yes. I, like, there was something in the time where I got into really weightlifting where I was like, I really feel like a badass. Yes. And that translates to like a lot of my life. Oh yes. And and ability to, to have a body that does that.
1: Yes. And also like the energy that you get from that. Yeah. Energy that it gives your body. Like it's a real thing that like testosterone gets released when you, when you lift weights and then you feel like a badass you feel confident you feel sexy you feel like you can inhabit your body so like I don't care however you feel like you want to move your body just please do something you know do yoga something that allows you to inhabit it because we don't do that most days even if it's just a walk or run something because when you Rachel Hollis always says when you move your body you change your mind you know that is just a wonderful way. And I know you feel that too. I know you go on your runs sometimes like in the middle of the day to like, just sort of like snap out of it, Mm -hmm. which because we're never going to get to a place where like, everything is linear, you know? So just having those little tools for you of like, do you need to, you know, listen to music? Are you an auditory person? Mm -hmm. Are you kinesthetic where like, maybe you need to go move your body or stretch or just go lay down? Are you visual where you need to read a book? or you need to read a quote on the internet or something. Figure out the things, like both in the way that you feed yourself and the other things that you consume, whether that's media, and I'm sure you talk about that too. Yeah. The people you yeah. surround yourself with and yeah. what they're saying to themselves. And then also know, I think it's important too, to you know know that sometimes like we can't change the world out there. We can't change mm-hmm. some family members or something. We also have to learn to... Not get sucked down when people around us are doing whatever it is that they do, yeah, just by being themselves. For me, it's been a journey in like learning to become unbothered, girl. You
0: know? Yes,
1: you know, girl, that's I another it's a girl. whole other thing.
0: I actually read a great book called Unoffendable. Oh, I love that, girl. It was challenged. I'm like, so you're just yeah. basically challenging my life. Like I don't get offended ever by anybody, but it was mm-hmm. so great. But kind of just that, and even just daily checking in and being like, how does that affect, what does that have to do with me?
1: Yes, exactly. Usually. Exactly. The- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually, <laughs> usually people are always just, I mean, humans are selfish. Like we're, we're always just trying to justify or prove to ourselves or defend. Yeah. So yeah. I think more that you can, again, I think so much of confidence and I know that this is exactly the way that you talk about it. The way that I think about it is like so much of this process isn't something that we can just sit back and, and expect to happen. Yeah. You know, it doesn't happen by thinking, even though I spent years there, like, Oh, if I just like sit here and think about being confident, then I'm going to like put it out there. But all of, when you don't know how to do something, when something is foreign to you, when you feel like you're not good at it, that come you get good at it by just doing it. Yeah. And most of this work is is boring. You know what I mean? Like a lot a lot of it is just not that fun. It's simple. Like people always want an extra. Like what's the one thing? And I'm like, it's little tiny things that make you feel good. It's doing what makes you feel good, and avoiding what makes you feel bad, and choosing the thing that makes you feel good most of the time. Yeah a long period of time yes yes and that's it but no like, so much more involved in this
0: want to take some kind of peel and wrap their yes. body up in some sort of plastic and yeah
1: <laughs> exactly they're
0: like oh really it's like it's your everyday life
1: you get yes. To choose. yes exactly so. exactly and I think just knowing that we have that choice and we can make those choice choices for ourselves mm-hmm. and we can choose like I want everybody out there listening to know that like, yeah, we can't control what happened to us. We can't control what we've done to ourselves in the past. Mm -hmm. How can I then take responsibility going forward for my own happiness and my own confidence? And, and for me personally, some of the things that make me feel my best, I don't want to do before I do them.
0: Yeah. You know, like I
1: I never want to journal, you know, I never, (laughs) I never really want to push my body that much, but these are things that, I, this is where like that discipline piece comes in yeah. where it's like, I know that I'm going to feel better later and I'm going to have to just sort of push through this beginning part because yeah. I'm interested in the happiness of myself in an hour yeah. rather than, you know, rather than, you know, like, I think sometimes we just have to get consistent with doing things and, and stay committed to doing them each day, even if it's uncomfortable.
0: Girl. See y'all. See why I love her. See. <laughs> oh <No laughs> wise. <you're> not- no <laughs> wise. Um, Ashley, what's like one thing? That's what I ask all my guests. What is like one thing that you do that gives you
1: crazy confidence? That is such a great question. Um, I think the thing that I do is staying open to the changes that I'm going to go through and stay accepting of myself yeah. and not really, not really have, um, an idea in mind. Of course I think we can work for something mm. and we can sort of have a trajectory like, okay, this is what I want to do. And this is what I want my life to look like. But like, we can't control what happens to us in life, you know? And I think for so long I was so controlling and so perfectionistic. Like I, I will only be okay if things go like this
0: yeah
1: what gives me crazy confidence is doing the work that I just talked about like self-awareness and self-love and unconditional love through the actions Mm -hmm. so that I know that whatever comes at me I can handle and that is a lot of self-trust I think Mm -hmm. um But I think, and I know that you talk about faith a lot too. And and this comes back to my own idea of faith, which is like faith isn't, again, things going according to plan or things, you know, on the timeline and the deadlines that I want to. Faith is knowing that I'm going to be okay with whatever happens. Yeah. To my body changing. Because, like, we don't know what's going to happen to our bodies. Like, we don't know what's going to happen with our relationships or, like, even with the people that we love. Uh, or our jobs or anything. So many things in life are, are transient and um, impermanent, you know? So what gives me crazy confidence is like, I'm just going to work on this and me and my heart and my body yes. So and my mind and my resilience and being unbothered so that whatever comes at me, I'm like, come at me. Like I can handle it. I've got it. And that is truly the thing that I have to check in with each day to give me that crazy confidence.
0: I love that girl. You found your voice.
1: You're using it. Yes. Yes. Ashley,
0: Ashley, you are literally like one of my favorite
1: people. Oh, likewise. Um, I love you girl.
0: Tell us, tell us what you got cooking in the kitchen. (laughs) I love it. Tell us us what you got going on and where to find you.
1: So the best way to find me is on Instagram at Ashley K Pardo. That's A S H L E Y K P-A-R-D-O. I have, I share a lot of, um, right now I'm in a business season, but I share cooking info. I have a free 25 page cooking PDF. If anybody's interested in that, you can find it at the link in my bio on Instagram. I have
0: it and you need it. Just <laughs> me All my roasted vegetables. Okay. There you go. Yes.
1: <laughs> you can get that. And I also do, um, most of the women that I work with are introverts. So I've been doing Some introvert business trainings and even nutrition and stuff around introverts. But I love answering DMs. So if you resonated with this, I would love to talk to
0: you. Yes. Please reach out to Ashley. She really is like the sweetest heart ever. Love you, babe. Thank you for coming on and chatting with me. Thank Thank you. Thank you.